Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Heart to Heart. I'm your host, Emma Buggy, and today's episode is a special one because I have my dear, dear friend, Andy Hicks, in with us today to discuss about the intersections between nonviolent communication or compassionate and authentic communication, as I call it, and mindfulness. Now, if you look back towards some of my first episodes, I have already spoken to Elaine, a dear friend of mine, about this. However, today's episode has got a very different touch because we're talking about how NVC and mindfulness actually come from the same root and the same kind of premise and understanding. I won't say any more. I'll let you listen to the episode. It's really fun. I actually had Andy round at my house. We were sitting on the sofa drinking a cup of cocoa and chatting together. Lots of giggles and connection. And I think you'll find it really interesting. Um, this is also great for people who are new to both of these areas, nonviolent communication and mindfulness, as we give a bit of a kind of description of what those two worlds are all about and then how they dance so beautifully together. So without further ado, enjoy the episode. So, Andy. Yes, Emma. Hey. Hello. Should we introduce ourselves? Yeah, let's introduce ourselves. <laughs> so my name is Andy Hicks and I am a mindfulness coach. And my name is Emma Buggy and I'm a relationship coach. And should we say how we know each other? Yeah, maybe we should talk about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were introduced by a friend and we I feel like we just had this instant connection. We really liked each other straight away, got on and felt like we could be really honest and open with each other. Yeah. And we have a lot of fun as well as I think very open-hearted and meaningful conversation. Yeah, we definitely have a lot of fun. Can I say that? Can I tell them the secret? We go clowning together, don't we? <laughs> we are very silly together. We're extremely silly. So you might see some of that in this episode. We'll see. We're trying to be serious. We're trying to be very serious. Very serious. We're very trying to help people. We're yeah. trying to help people, and so it's very important to be serious. <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, I, I'd like to just say something about how I know you, Andy, because I think it would help. And mm-hmm. it's just that, like. Um, amongst us being friends and all of that when I was starting up my business a while back um, and I was starting to work with one-on-one clients I actually came to you for coaching and you supported me to move through certain blocks that I had in the way that I was thinking about working with people and so in a a big way I want to say thank you to Mm -hmm. you for supporting me to move through those blocks and live my life more fully and Mm -hmm. bring the gift of what I do to the world and mm. to, to couples. Mm. Um, and also, I have done work with you. I've done your workshop on NBC that really helped me to understand it better, see how I can practice it more in my life, see what my blind spots to actually putting into practice are, mm-hmm. and to do it more fully and, and to more vulnerably express my needs. So I want to thank you too. Fantastic. We're big fans of each other. We're now. really big We're fans of each other. <laughs> we just spend the rest of the podcast being like, Waxing you're so wonderful. No, you are, darling. People might find that a bit sickening. They might get a little bit disgusted with that. Horrible. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, so we, we thought we'd have a bit of a chat today about the sort of like links between nonviolent communication and um, mindfulness because I think they are so interlinked. And the purpose for that is so that you can feel more happy, alive, connected, um, and live a more meaningful life. Yeah. Which I think is kind of the goal of both mindfulness and music. Absolutely. I feel like they literally walk hand in hand with each other. Yeah. And in fact, I would go so far as saying, I, in my experience, I don't think that communicating your needs to yourself or to your loved ones is possible without having a background of some kind of mindfulness. And you don't need to even call it mindfulness because, you know, you can call it whatever it is, but it's, it's self-awareness. Self-awareness, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I guess some people listening to this might not even know what the link is between NVC and needs. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should backtrack a little bit. Yeah. And shall I start by saying what I think mindfulness is? Yeah, and then I'll say something about what nonviolent communication or NVC is, because some people might be going, "What? What's this like terminology they're using? What is that? Yeah, some kind of computer program." <laughs> Don't get it. <laughs> Don't get it. <laughs> so yeah, let's start with mindfulness, and then. We'll and then the interception between the two. Absolutely. Great. Um, so uh, there's a very great teacher in America called Tara Braff, <clears throat> and she says mindfulness can be explained with two questions. What am I experiencing, and can I be okay with it? And very often in life, certainly this is true for me, we are neither very aware of what we're experiencing nor okay with it. Why might that be? Because we are very distracted, we're thinking about other things, we're using Instagram, we're away with the fairies, thinking about the future, thinking about the past, rather than being alive and attentive to this moment, this body, this experience, right here, right now. So that's the, what am I experiencing? Mm. And then when we are aware of what we're experiencing, we might be aware that we're experiencing some sadness, or some anxiety, or some loneliness, or feeling angry. And then we meet that experience with, I'm not okay with it. I hate feeling sad. I hate feeling fearful. I hate feeling despairing or depressed. I hate feeling anxious. I'm not okay with it. And what that does is make us feel 10 times worse. Mm. So it's practice of again and again and again coming back to what am I experiencing? Can I be okay with it? Can I accept this experience right here, right now, this body, these emotions, these feelings, these needs? Mm. That would be how I would explain what my feelings so, if I were to put it in one sentence, is it the practice of being with yourself in each moment exactly as you are? Being with yourself and other people in the world around you. So, another way of saying it in one sentence could be saying yes to life. Saying yes to life. Including, and does that include then any saying yes to life includes the parts of me that are feeling resistant Mm. the parts of me that are judging and blaming or feeling sad and feeling that so it's saying yes to life which includes Mm -hmm. whatever life is presenting any emotion thought experience all of it and being aware that that's there and what's happening all of it the judgment the resistance the shadow the parts of yourself that think you think aren't okay the think the parts of yourself that aren't lovable saying yes to all of it because sometimes I worry that people, they they come to this world of self-development and inner work and they they might look at certain elements of what we would call positive psychology and hear that as, oh, I should 
get rid of all of my painful mm. thoughts and experiences and and feelings that they're wrong, they're mm. bad, and mm. I should move towards the positive. Mm. And that's the only way that I can get better, and even that sentence, get better, because mm. there's something wrong with me. Yes. And and so I, I worry when it, that when we look into any of these modalities, it can be so easy to come at it from that perspective of there's something wrong with me, mm. I need to be different, I should mm. change, mm-hmm. and therefore even more resistance is going to come up because um, we're somehow disowning the parts of ourselves that need our attention, Mm -hmm. that want us to see what we're experiencing, what we're thinking, and allow some space for that to be there. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm, I'm hearing you speak, and I'm imagining that, yes, mindfulness really allows all of that to be there. It's Mm -hmm. not about changing yourself. It's about allowing. Right, accepting yourself. Accepting yourself. Yeah. And the difficulty with doing this comes very quickly when people start to try to meditate so what almost always happens when people start to try to bring their wandering mind back to the here and now is that they have experienced that it's very difficult to do that and then they judge themselves and say i'm not very good at meditating and they in comes the criticism i'm not good enough i'm not a good enough meditator i'm not a good enough person and so it's a really challenging part of the practice and it, it shows up at every stage I'm not good enough, I'm not able to do this, I need to improve, I need to change, I need to become a better person. Mm. So it's it's sort of simple to say, learning to love and accept yourself, learning to say yes to life, yes to how you feel, yes to mm. your shadows and insecurities, but it's possibly a lifetime, or if not many lifetimes, practice to actually be able to do it consistently. I really, really resonate with what you said there, Andy. Um, it's something that one of my my teachers, Joran Mossensen, um, he he. In, I won't quote his exact words, but he says something like, "I know for sure that within this lifetime, I will not become one hundred percent compassionate towards myself in the way that I speak, but I can lean towards self compassion. I can mm-hmm. lean towards that language of curiosity and self love and and understanding." what it is that I'm trying to say to myself but I happen to say it in such a tragic way and I think that's where maybe NVC can really support um, and and walk hand in hand with mindfulness because um, maybe I'll talk a little bit about what NVC is just for those people who are new to this so it's a model of communication that was created in the 1960s by Dr. Marshall Rosenberg who's a psychologist And the model is based on these four steps that support us to understand whatever it is that we're thinking or whatever it is that we're saying um, and to do something about that. So we move through these steps of what is it that I've just said or the other person has said? How do I feel about that? Like, What's my emotional reaction? What is it that I really need in this situation? And then how am I going to bring that into action in in the world? And what happens when people can do that more, when they can be more in touch with their feelings and needs and expressing it? Yeah, so when people are more in touch with their feelings and needs and their ability to express them, or they're more able to understand that in the other person, what that does is it means that they're 
more connected with the life energy that's that wants to be expressed and they have the power to do something about that mm. because we feel powerless when we're stuck in this language of self-judgment so you were mm. talking about how mindfulness can support people to um, be more compassionate towards themselves and it might be a lifetime's work but so NVC also we we look at the judgmental language and we get curious about it we go oh I'm telling myself that I'm not enough mm. that's the inner dialogue mm. how do I feel about that so I notice I feel like yeah heaviness sadness mm. really feel heavy sadness when I say that to myself and mm. what is it that I'm needing in this moment so you know I have a need for to know that I matter mm. perhaps mm. Yeah. to know that you're making a contribution maybe it's to know that I'm making a contribution and so in each moment that I say I'm not enough it will be a different need because it's depending on the, the stimulus that brings me there but let's say it's to to make a contribution when I know that I want to make a contribution that gives me the power mm to connect with the beauty of that longing because it's a beautiful thing that I want to contribute towards life, to, towards mine or towards yours. But it also gives me the opportunity to do something about it. So like, how do I want to contribute? Do I simply want to contribute towards myself by, for example, you know, making myself a delicious meal? <laughs> or do I want to contribute towards this other person in front of me, my, maybe by babysitting for them this mm. evening? Or perhaps by telling them how much I love them. Or perhaps by teaching a lesson of NBC or recording this podcast right now with you. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, so one of the things that strikes me or that I feel like you've helped me to learn more about NBC is that it invites in creativity. That rather than being very attached to, for me to feel like I matter, this person needs to tell me that I matter being very fixated and maybe that person might be your boss or your partner they don't make me feel that I matter and I need to try and convince them that I do and with MVC once you realize that that's the need to know that I matter and to contribute it doesn't have to be that one strategy for me to feel that feeling yes yeah that's something that I've mentioned in one of my past episodes and it's a very empowering thing is to recognize that needs are not attached to any strategy or to any person. It's so empowering when we actually get that concept that the need, a need is an abstract energetic experience that can be met, that can be experienced in so many different ways. Mm. And that all human beings on earth have the same needs. Mm. So that that's where we connect because, you know, you might have a need for freedom and I might have a need for freedom when I hear that you have a need for freedom, I I suddenly see myself in you and go, oh, I know what that's like mm. to need freedom. Mm. I might not agree with your way of meeting your need for freedom, which might be to sort of just close the door in my face while I'm in the middle of speaking. Mm. You know, I might go, oh, I don't really like the way you chose to meet that need for, for freedom or, or respect or whatever was there. But... If I understand that that's what your need is, I can connect with you because mm -hmm. all humans have the same mm -hmm. needs and mm -hmm. values. Mm -hmm. And I might like be, be likely to meet that expression of the need for freedom in you with a sense of openness and maybe wanting to support you to meet that need. Because I'm why, I, why would I ever be against you having freedom? Yeah. But if your particular strategy 
for having freedom means you're free to just like spend all my money and drive my car everywhere and be, sleep in my want. bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> then I might start to have a problem with your need for freedom. Yes, because it's not the need that we have a problem with. It's the expression of the need, the strategy that we're choosing. So there's a whole, there's like I'm imagining that some people be, might be like, what are you talking about? But there's a whole episode on that that you can go listen to if you want more specific um, examples and tools. Um, and what I'm curious about is in that example, Andy, where would you bring mindfulness in to support um, us in an argument? So say if, let's let's take a real example, shall we? Hmm. I'm wondering if there's anything between us where there could be a conflict. <laughs> I don't feel like there is anything at the moment. What about the um, example? Because we sometimes, on every Friday, we work in the same house. Yes, we do. And sometimes what you need is to concentrate and have quiet so that you can record something or work with a client. And I might be making some noise and be being... <laughs> Being Andy. <laughs> being Andy, being very expressive <laughs> and, and voluminous. Yes. <laughs> so you might be sort of like laughing with one of my other housemates in the corridor and that's outside my room. And then I might kind of come outside and say, shh, I, I, I need to, I have a client right now, I need some quiet. Mm. So, yeah, so... We, we don't actually have a conflict over that, but if we did, and I think they, they, it could go into conflict if one of us didn't express ourselves clearly, um, you know, I could come out of the door and say, guys, I've got a client, like, can you please be quiet? Like, that's just really, I've got a client, can you respect my space? So I could say it in that way. And if I did, then what? how would that leave you feeling in that situation? I might feel embarrassed. Yeah. I might feel awkward and uncomfortable. I might feel like, oh, she's criticizing me. I've done something wrong. I might feel kind of, uh, yeah, I feel really bad about myself that I disrupted something that was really important to you. Yeah. Maybe you're going to think less of me. It's going to affect our relationship. You think I'm disrespectful. Maybe you don't want to have me around anymore. Like it, it could go into quite, I could almost take it quite far in my mind about how much, how bad it really is that you've just told me not to do something. So it might lead to a lot of kind of self-judgment and criticism. So we've got two we've got two sides of the coin that we want to give attention to here, my side and yours. Let's start with yours. How would you apply mindfulness to support you in that moment where you're thinking, oh my goodness, I, I've done a terrible thing. Mm. So I'll take it back to these two questions. What am I experiencing? And can I be okay with it? And in that moment of feeling criticized, it might be very difficult to, to really pay attention to what I'm feeling because I might be sort of flooded with intense emotion and lots of thoughts. So it can be very powerful to just pause for a moment. It's maybe difficult to, if there's other people around. If maybe I was in the kitchen by myself, it'd be easier. And, well, I couldn't be if we were having a conversation, but maybe I could just do it very quickly for myself and ask myself, What's happening inside me right now? What am I experiencing? There's a narrative. You've done something wrong. She's angry with you. She might like you less. There's a physical sensation of maybe tightness. Could be in my belly. Maybe my chest feels a bit tight. Maybe I'm noticing my jaws tight. Maybe there's a hot feeling. 
and I might notice some, there's, some, there's an emotion there, there's, there's some anxiety, there's some embarrassment I'm feeling. And, and that maybe there's a sort of overlay to that experience of, I'm wrong, I'm bad, I did something wrong here. <clears throat> and so then I would want to consciously meet that experience of difficult emotion and discomfort with, ah, it's okay to feel this. These uncomfortable feelings that I'm experiencing in this moment, it's okay to feel them. I'm not bad. Maybe I did something to upset somebody that doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't mean that she doesn't want to be friends with me anymore. Something happened she didn't like, and I respect that. And I'm okay. It's okay to feel this. It's okay for me to have this experience right now. I don't need to feel that I'm ashamed of myself. I just need to take on board her feedback and, you know, take close the door or be a bit quieter. I don't need to criticize myself. Yeah. So it's like noticing the internal experience and meeting it with a sense of kindness, of curiosity and acceptance. And that being something that's quite an important step before I then try to communicate with you about it. Yeah. So if I don't do that and I feel this shame or this embarrassment or maybe I'm angry with you, like, oh, bloody Emma, she's always telling me off, then that might affect how I would communicate with you. Yeah, it would, yeah, because then you might go into self-defence or you might go into shame and embarrassment and and, 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 and make yourself small and then whatever outcomes come, comes out of that is not going to be from an empowered space or a connecting space between us and probably would create more distance. It's, yeah, it's yeah. either you're wrong or I'm wrong. Or I'm you're wrong. bad or I'm yes, bad. either or, yeah. What, either way, person. it's not going to make either of us feel good. No, exactly. And I really felt touched seeing you explain that, how you had your hands on your heart. And um, for me, what's so beautiful about mindfulness, and I love the work of Tara Breath, it's been transformational to do some of her meditations. But it's really about just staying with myself mm. and bringing that loving acceptance towards towards myself mm. in any moment even if the other person hates me mm. even if they're furious with me mm. i still love you i still accept you and and now we feel really angry about being interrupted <laughs> by the yes because we have a need for being able to focus and <laughs> concentrate on what yeah. we're doing and for it to not be a disruptive experience. Yes. So I don't know if you heard the phone, the doorbell then, then, but that's, that's, um, yeah. What was I saying? Now I feel out of focus. Ah, <sighs> yeah. So I guess the main thing is, is that it's, it's really about bringing that loving, compassionate kindness towards ourselves. Yeah. And I think that's something that often gets missed with mindfulness. It can seem a bit dry yeah. and a bit emotionless. It's about just being really calm mm. and still. But actually, um, you can't really have mindfulness without compassion. Yeah. Without the presence of heart. Yeah. So it's bringing kindness and compassion to yourself, to other people, to the world. Beautiful. That's why MBC, Nonviolent Communication, is so well linked to mindfulness in so many ways because it's all about compassion. So um, in this situation, you know, as myself in that situation, um, what I what I could have done differently rather than saying like, hey, Andy, shut up, is 
I could notice in that moment the stress that I was probably feeling mm. in my body because I actually can remember a time when I had a client and you guys were laughing in the corridor and it was right outside the room where, that I was working in and um, and I felt stress in my body. I had this thought, I sound not professional mm. when other people are laughing outside. Mm. So it's really funny. It's not actually about you having fun. It's about how I imagine I will be perceived by the client who is listening, who is in the space. Um, so it sound, I sound unprofessional. That's my judgment towards myself. And then I notice, so it's also a mindfulness thing. I notice that I'm having this judgment of myself as unprofessional. What is it that I need in this moment? Can I just ask as well, might yeah. there be a judgment of us? Yes, and there's a judgment of you guys. Oh, they're not considerate. We're inconsiderate. So there's two judgments. There's the judgment towards me. I look unprofessional and they're inconsiderate and they're noisy. <laughs> <laughs> and even another layer, I should I should be working in a... In a uh, an office where I'm undisturbed. Mm. That's more professional. Mm. So there's all these layers. Like, and maybe if the client knew you're only in your bedroom, yeah, they'd be thinking, oh, she's so unprofessional working yeah. in her bedroom. Even right now, I'm worried that the listeners will be like, oh my goodness, Emma is unprofessional. She works in her house. She doesn't work in an office. <laughs> maybe she doesn't really know anything about NBC. No, she yeah, doesn't have any training. Yeah. She doesn't know what she's doing. Maybe she doesn't have the right to charge the prices that she charges because she should only be charging that price if she was, you know, hiring an ensuite office in the middle of central London, darling. She doesn't deserve the money she that she's asking for. <sighs> so you can see, like, how we are socialised to have this entire pack of what we call jackals in NBC. Jackals is a representative of the judgments. And they come in packs. They, they get an attack of judgments. Not just one. Very often there's loads of them. And they're very sneaky. They'll just come up in this emotional response of <gasps> stress mm. that's very much related to the thoughts that are there very quickly, the judgments that are there very quickly. So through slowing down my process, recognizing that I'm having these judgments, these thoughts, and recognizing that I have a need behind them, and there's a few needs there, and if I connect with them right now, remembering that moment, and actually knowing that it's alive in me in any moment. We just had the doorbell going off and the same need comes up. And the need is to have a space that feels safe and mm -hmm. focused mm -hmm. so that we can really be present with what we're doing. Mm. And I really respect the work that I'm doing right now with you and right in that moment with mm -hmm. my clients. I really respect that presence and that presence creates safety, which means that we can really be with life. Mm. And when I connect with that, I'm like, that's a beautiful thing that I want. It is. How can I express that in a way that makes it really joyful for the other person yeah. to support me? Yeah. Because what I'm noticing as you say that is... Well, there's part of me that's like, I don't want to be told to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I absolutely do want Emma to meet her need for safety and to be able yeah. to focus and give her client the best possible experience. Yeah. Like, there's no part of me that doesn't want that for her. Yeah. And I'm immediately making a guess at what your need would be when you're laughing and joking. It's like, he just wants to have fun <laughs> and to connect with, with his friends. And it's like, 
I absolutely know, by the way, that when I'm not the one who's with the client <laughs> and I see you in the corridor, I'm like, Andy! <laughs> and I'm jumping over to you, having a big hug, and we get into chatting. And it's the same with my other, the other people who live in this house and we work together. So it's, it's just so natural that there would be this expression of joy and connection. And I want that for you. I don't want you to, to stop the flow of life that's in you. And so, you know, I'm imagining that some of our listeners right now will go, well, what do you do? It's a house that you're all working in together. How do you, how do you both express life freely and look after that need for safety and presence with our clients? Like, how, how on earth do you do that? Surely they're conflicting needs. Mm-hmm. You know, self-expression and fun and joy must be conflicting with, you know, presence and safety. It must be. And that's where we lose creativity because mm. actually if we get creative, there are many, 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 many ways that we can still have that need for safety and presence met at the same time as you getting to express yourself. We came up with quite a simple one, I think, which was closing the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, be, and, and just having it in your awareness that my, when you walk past my room and the door is closed, that means that I'm in a session. And so you go into the kitchen and then you can make sounds together or you go into the living room and make sounds together and that seems to work doesn't it it does i'm also curious emma so we we talked about the judgments yeah we talked about the needs and then there's two more stages aren't there there's what what are the feelings and what are the what's your request yes i mean what were your feelings in that situation where we were i was being noisy you were trying to concentrate you said stress yeah i felt stressed and worried worried yeah yeah so it's really important to recognize what our emotional experience is, the sensations, because that is kind of like a red flag that tells us what it is that we're needing. It's like, oh, I have an emotional response. That means that I'm thinking something and I'm needing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And fe- feeling something. And, yeah. The yeah. feeling is, is, is a pointer towards my needs. Right. Yeah, yeah. As an unmet, because I'm feeling these uncomfortable emotions, I must have an unmet need. Yes. And the same goes for comfortable emotions. You know, right. like we can practice gratitude with nonviolent mm. communication. Like, oh my God, I'm feeling so like alive and oh, it's so much fun right now in this moment as we're all talking together. It's massively meeting my need for connection and aliveness and inspiration. Like, oh, I can just feel my whole body is just like dancing internally. So, You know, equally, we can look at how, when we're feeling great, what needs are being met. And why would you do that? Because the more I recognize how I enjoy to meet my needs in life, the more access I have to meeting those needs Mm. in creative ways in the moments when I feel down Mm. or when I feel angry. Yeah, I love that. So there's something, it sounds like, by acknowledging and celebrating the needs when they are being met, you can have, you can feel them more. You can, you're more likely to have them met more in the future. And also, there's a sense of being able to celebrate and enjoy having the need met even more when you can recognize it and realize yeah. this is what's happening. I'm having my need met. Yeah. I am feeling connection. I am feeling, yeah. I'm having presence or I'm feeling someone's appreciating me. Great. Yeah. And I wonder, like, I'm, I'm imagining that that's very related to mindfulness as well, isn't it? Mm. Because mindfulness is not only about just accepting the yeah. difficult stuff. 
No. So it's about accepting and uh, I guess I guess you could say that when you're feeling, say, joy or peace um, or contentment, something that you really want to feel, it's about noticing, of, oh, wow, that's what's happening. I'm feeling good and it's okay for me to feel good. Sometimes we can even have a sense of it's not it's not okay to not feel anxious. It's not safe to not be worrying all the time or I don't deserve to be happy. So it's also about saying yes to the positive feelings, allowing those in, appreciating them and celebrating them. Beautiful. Wow, Andy, I, I, I know that we have got so, so, so much to talk about. I have a feeling this is one of like the first of many conversations. Yeah, I definitely like, hope so. I've really enjoyed it. Me too. And I feel like, as you say, there's a lot more to explore. Yeah. Like, I, if I were, if I were to use the NVC model, I would say I'm noticing right now that I'm smiling from ear to ear and, um, I'm feeling a lot of joy and like, yeah, fun moving through me because it's meeting my need for inspiration mm. and it's meeting my need for connection yes. and learning. Yes. And, I just want to preface that with saying this was a very robotic way of saying, hey, I really enjoyed our chat and I feel inspired and let's do it again. I didn't think it was robotic. <laughs> that was my judgment. That was the judgment. That was my judgment. Ah, <laughs> Good spot. myself in the moment. Good awareness. <laughs> I guess I have a need. I really have a need for flow and, mm. and yeah, for feeling authentic. Yeah, that's it. Mm. Which I, which is how I really speak NBC in the yeah. world. Yeah. And I feel like this has been a very flowing and authentic conversation, and that's made me feel it's met my needs for aliveness and connection and joy and creativity as well. I feel like it's been very creative doing it together. Yeah, well, we didn't plan anything, did we? We, we didn't. just said, let's press record. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and cooperation as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Support. Definitely. Lots, Lots of, of needs. Loads of needs. Let's get out the whole list. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to just. Wrap up now by saying that, so we are coaches, as we said at the start, we support people professionally with these things. So if you're interested in learning mindfulness to become less self-critical and more self-compassionate, um, my contact details are going to be in the description underneath the video. And if you want to learn how to practice NVC better, then you can contact Emma. Yeah. So I work with couples and individuals to support them to bring more clarity and perspective into the way that they're communicating so that they can have a more joyful relationship with themselves and with each other. Um, and so I teach communication skills, but also I do a lot of inner child work with, with people to undo the patterns and the behaviours that we've picked up from childhood and you can also find my details in the description and watch this space because I'm pretty sure me and Andy are going to make a part two of this very soon. Definitely. Thanks a lot, Emma. It's been really fun. Yeah, it's been awesome.